Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at thestartupfactory.tech. We are actually on to episode five now, so we've not quite uh, driven each other mad. So last week, we um, spent a lot of time talking about the product roadmap and talking about the tech vision uh, with Alexa, and this week... I'm joined by Ian after a little bit of a hiatus for uh, a week. I think it's a small break, not normally. About the design sprint and the startup sprint. Yeah, well, I think uh, everyone had had enough of my voice because I'm uh, not careful. I was turning into J.K. Rowling, and this is becoming the uh, the Harry Potter series. But yeah, just just before we start this one, let, let's kind of just take a a bit of a preamble through where we've got to so far so that, that folk found this episode can perhaps look back. Trip down so, memory lane. Yeah, uh, trip down memory lane. So um, episode one was about startup strategy, making bets, kind of being comfortable with it being fuzzy, being in a muddle. Episode two, we jumped into ideation, prototyping and testing, which is kind of my favourite bit in those early days. Uh, I know we kind of to and fro around ideas and what it looks like, but testing, experimenting. Episode three, uh, I think me, you and Eric James on MVP. Uh, that was interesting. So I think, again, we, we kind of reestablished what our view of what an MVP is and isn't. And, and I think a lot of people in startup land do get confused that MVP is right, that the must have, where really it's that, that first thing, that first version I think last week, Alexa showed himself to be the uh, Kevin De Bruyne of Manchester Startup Tech. That's not um, yeah, there's nothing that Alexa can't turn his hand to or doesn't know about. So uh, anyone who didn't capture that one who's got a kind of a, a tech challenge, then uh, Alexa's your man. Um, more elegant in the office than Kevin De Bruyne is on the, uh, the football field. Anyway, you, you're giving me the evil eye. So I guess we better start this episode now, really. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're really milking the uh, result last night for uh, <laughs> that put Kevin De Bruyne fancy football team. So uh, yes, I must have. I think some small so. love there for the ginger Belgium fella. But um, yeah, it's quite a nice summary. Of, I can't believe we've kind of done the five episodes already, and that we're at this stage. And I think we've had some really good conversations, especially. Sort of the MVP talking about and talking about the uh, product roadmaps and tech vision because obviously they're some of the main issues that people face, and it's a very nice segue into what we're going to talk about this week, which was the design sprint and the startup sprint. Because obviously you were a big proponent of uh, Jake Knappen's Google Venture Days and his sprint book. I remember yeah. he books out like um, hotcakes. <laughs> Yeah, it really captured my imagination, really, I think, the uh, Jake Knapp book. Uh, and for anyone who hasn't read it or, or seen it, there's loads of videos on YouTube. But, um, I mean, the, the design sprint came out from Google Ventures. And what I really like about it, it, it kind of captures the kind of strategy, innovation, a bit of behavioral science and design thinking, and it packages it into this five-day program where you can really road test you're thinking it kind of takes the lean startup, build, measure, learn into this idea, build, launch, learn uh, iterative process, but some shortcuts to learning and building and launching. Uh, and again, from your point of view, James, as kind of, you know, your focus on product and product ownership, um, I think it really kind of gives you that, that line of sight as well when you're working with our clients to actually have that process and, and that discipline, but also that, that flair, really. 
Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I can't. I actually can't remember how many design sprints we've done now. All I remember is this haze of a week that flies by as you go through. And we've done various iterations and tried to make it work because obviously there are some limitations to design sprint in terms of its capabilities. I mean, I myself am not the biggest proponent of um, some of the activities within it, but for some people, <laughs> they're really good and really help. But I think that the whole the process as a whole and that intense focus for those five days or the two and two days or whichever way also has to be an element of realism with all of this, which sometimes yeah, yeah. quite hard to get people in a room for five days. It's, no, it's good though. I, I mean, again, you know, that, that Monday morning, you know, you're mapping out the problem, picking out the important things and what you're going to focus on. The Tuesday you're sketching and I know that's the bit that you're not keen on, but I think that, that kind of visualization and, and getting all those post-it notes up and just sketching the, the, the thing brings it to life and in a way which had really surprised me and I saw a lot of benefit from. I'm, I'm kind of not a, a visual thinker, but I, I really helped that, help, help me that. I think the Wednesday is this kind of, you know, where you make those difficult decisions and, and kind of what are we going to take from the idea into the testable hypothesis. Thursday, I mean, I had a big night out on the Wednesday, not too many beers, but as you say, there's a bit of a stamina needed for the uh, the five-day design sprint. But the Thursday, that high-fidelity prototype, and then it all kind of lands on the Friday. And I think the, the phrase Jake Knapp uses, that when you test it with real-life humans, that always makes me smile. So, yeah, we, we've enjoyed it. For me, the, the, the takeaway from a design sprint is it moves your thinking into doing. It takes the vision, gives you a sense of direction, helps you with some experiments, that whole iteration, giving you the, the, you know, the ability to ask what if. Um, and again, from a product point of view, which I know is your, your kind of passion, um, I think it's a really good process to, to kind of focus on the key things. Yeah, it's a, obviously, especially the mapping day is really where you focus on your, what, what's your audience, who's your key user, creating the personas for that person or people or group just to be able to really narrow in on this is who we're trying to help and focusing on the problem that you're trying to solve. And then, you know, you have the vision on day one that you really you work through as well. Like I say, outside of the physical process of creating a sketch, I just think I'm too uh, decisive at times and go, do you know what, My that first cut will do for this because it's... Um, <laughs> and I think also, something I've really been impressed with, especially recently, there's the tools that have come out of people wanting to build these quick prototypes and not just, I mean, a lot of the times when we've done it previously because these tools didn't exist, are the all the clickable prototypes, but there's not much to them. But you look at some tools like Adalo, where actually you can actually build something quite realistic and that almost works. Yeah. You can yeah. do that very, very quickly. And with, you know, there's not a huge skill set to be able to do that. I mean, it takes a little bit of time and practice, but you can actually create that first version quite quickly. And then, like you say, going into the build, measure, learn, and then iterate on that consistently. Is yeah, a- I do like the intensity, though, of the design sprint. And it is physically and emotionally quite draining for everyone. I wasn't joking then when I said about the Wednesday night out, you do need a break to recharge. But the intensity really shows to me the need for a focus and some discipline. And, and to make sure you are energising the right thing, you, you're kind of unpacking your idea, but it's actually time to get some you know, stuff done. And, and to your point about kind of the first version will do, again, one of the takeaways I've got from the, the design sprint as a process is 
don't be afraid to modify your plan. You know, where you're heading, what you expect to get. Then with a number of other people in the room, those, you know, inflection points are really quite important. But the Friday is always a fun day as well when you're testing it. I, I remember the one ones we've done where you get some really, really good insight from uh, early adopters and users as to why they would use it and why they wouldn't. So, yeah, intense week. But I think a really good process for startup founders. So I think, you know, long be a part of what we do, although I know we have kind of modified it, combined it with a few other things and and kind of create our own startup sprint. Yeah. So obviously part of what we do at the Startup Factory, you know, we have have an element of we want to get these startups. And I think the design sprint is a great place to start. But obviously it mainly focuses on the product. And I think the key thing that you and I noticed when we went through these and we got some fantastic insights, made a good prototype that the founders could then go and use and sort of just gather more feedback, even though technically you only need the five to get 80% of the issues, especially the major ones. But just because it's a good product doesn't mean that people will pay for it. And if even if they will pay for it, it's how does that idea actually become a business? So I think where you and I had those discussions after the first couple of design sprints was how can we fill this out? in terms of a process to not just be we build tech products but like we do at Salesforce to actually build tech businesses yeah <laughs> go on, <laughs> on then. Hey, we're, we're professional podcasters now mate. we need to, <laughs> need to get the handover well, we've, done, we've done five and we've not done all of them yet so but I, th- I think what you just said there again is really important that and we're, we're all kind of you know falling in love with our own ideas we get founders coming in who you know, believe their product is the best thing since sliced bread. But I think what the design sprint and leading into this startup sprint does is, you know, you look at the personas, you look at the assumptions, you look at the scenarios, but you actually need to shape your problem solution thinking from the customer's perspective, not your own perspective. Although, you know, a lot of the founders we work with obviously got huge credibility and knowledge in the domain, but why will a customer buy this? And as you rightly say, how do you, how do you start a business from it? And a lot of people lose the sight of that. They, they kind of get fixated on, on their version of the thing. But more importantly, I think that, that kind of how do you find, how do you win, how are you going to keep customers? That, that's really what you're trying to do is you say our, our vision is taking an idea into a product, into a business and building that sustainable, scalable business model. Yeah, it's almost looking at the field of dreams ethos and, you know, build it, they will come sort of thing. Yeah. You know, there, is, there is an element of truth in that. If you make a great product people will use it but you can make a great product and if you're not if you don't if your target market is far too niche whether your pricing model doesn't quite fit or isn't you know maybe there's a better model gets more benefit out of both for you and for your customers whether it's a marketplace is a better idea because obviously i know a lot of things that we've looked at have that marketplace element to them now but being able to flesh out the product-based design sprint with the business side and also the tech strategy, which I know obviously is uh, deep, deep tech thinkers, you and I, <laughs> Startup Factory, uh, but with great um, aplomb on the tech. But having that vision of what stack you should use, why you should use it, what's the bleeding edge nugget that you're going to use to really attract people on top of that really fills out the product piece and to show you what your business could actually look like. Yeah, and you know, every startup is a journey and you go down some cul-de-sacs and dead ends and a few go over the edge of the cliff, obviously. I think the um, 
I mean, the best story about entrepreneurship I like, which I think fits into this whole design sprint, startup sprint, lean startup, is kind of putting a you know the man on the moon. Uh, you know, when Kennedy stood up in 1961, said at the end of the decade, we're going to do this. That was the vision. You know, no one had any idea you know, how this was achievable. Was it even possible? But if you look through the Apollo program, which which ended up with uh, Apollo 11 landing on the moon, how they iterated, how they learned, they built prototypes, they did small steps. And of course, they did a big step for mankind. But I think, <laughs> yeah, that's my quote of the day. Um <laughs> I think if founders look at that as a journey and the learning and the pace and the risk and the experimentation, that's a great parallel. And I think coming to work with the Startup Factory, we need that mindset of, of a founder who is on a journey, knows their sense of direction, what they want to achieve, but the tools and techniques and models we use, you know, outside of, of the kind of the deep, smart tech that Alexa and Eric can bring I think it's, it's really important to look at having, having some methodology that kind of an, an guides you, structures your thinking, gives you a discipline, puts some boundaries on it. Otherwise, you know, you'll never get stuff done. And I think it's important that um, the way people look at what they want to achieve, you know, it has to have a degree of process. And this really works for me. But yeah, the putting the man on the moon, I think, is the, the greatest entrepreneurial achievement of mankind. And I think this, the story and parallels of that to tech startups is, is quite powerful. Well, it's actually when I did my very first presentation as a project manager way back when was on the Apollo missions. And uh, assuming, obviously, it wasn't a hoax, as uh, I know the conspiracy theorists <laughs> out there like to believe, and, you know, I don't know what, <laughs> it's one of those things. I think regardless of that, I think the process, and like you say, having a vision, and it almost goes back to what we said last week, of having that vision, whether it's the tech vision or the product vision or the business vision, taking that and having a plan which is sustainable but is flexible enough to have to deal with problems and, if you build a set of thrusters, going back to the uh, Apollo 11 analogy, that doesn't, you know, and they need to be changed because they're not efficient enough because of drag, and you need to be able to say we need to, that the plan can flex even though we're still heading towards that master vision. To be able to put a man on the moon, you know, especially considering the sort of tech, you know, I think the, uh, it's a brilliant film called uh, Hidden Figures about mm. how the maths worked. Yeah, and how the um, and the women who were there to actually do that, and they were still trusted more than computers. So to achieve what they achieved with the resources they had available, an IBM computer that would fill our entire office, yeah, I remember the film times over, and still, you know, they just trusted. Unfortunately, I can't remember the uh, lady's name off the top of my head to actually get to actually get them onto the moon, and the not mm. trusted her. And I think that's a big thing. It's trusting the process. Yeah, and I, I think also there's this this kind of attitude of okay what's the phrase pivot or persevere you know you build an initial feature say you've got a development plan you've envisaged a value proposition you've got a product roadmap but you know how often that isn't necessarily a thing that's going to get you to where you you think it's going to get to i think it's always worth um, people looking at the the kind of real big tech success stories like airbnb uber and apple and, and just looking how they started off in those early days I mean, the, the development of the iPhone is a really good case study. You know, thinking back to its initial battery and its camera set and its features, and the whole kind of Apple ecosystem about how you start with something that's got that minimum set of features and you iterate and you experiment, you get it in the hands of the users, uh, you, you know, you develop your go-to-market strategy. Because for me, I come back to something I said earlier, this find, win, keep customers. 
is, is always at the back of my mind. Yes, we've got a nice piece of tech. It's cool. It's shiny. does some smart things, but you know, get it in the hands of the customers. And the whole point about what we've developed on the startup sprint as our methodology just combines all that good design thinking and process, takes some of the tech chop stuff. But at the end of the day is, you know, you want to be able to have a clear line of sight here to launch a, a successful, sustainable business. So yeah, putting the man on the moon. And then of course, Elon's taking it one step f- further forward and wants to go to Mars. Well, I think he, Elon's got that many plans. I don't know what he's doing between the gigafactories, the Obviously, the Tesla cars and the boring company, which I still think is one of the greatest company names I've ever heard of. <laughs> well, and again, but it's, you almost look at that build, measure, learn, and then the key bit being the iterate there of right, we're going to put a man in a man into space and get him back safely. Mm. <laughs> that being one of the biggest challenges, then to the moon, then to Mars, and then you know whatever the future then holds for for the future of space travel and whether uh, Elon's still around to do it by that point. I'm yeah. not sure, but being able to have that vision and marry it up with at least the first, again, I think the one thing that's really important about this, and we said it earlier, is almost that first cut as a starting point of all the pieces of the puzzle when it comes to your startup, which is the product, the business model, the tech strategy. Having that and then being able to move them all forward, especially in that intense week or with the startup sprint, obviously it's a little bit longer to actually develop that, have those strategies in place for keep actually retaining the customers you have while also bringing new people in. You, you know, I think we said it with the ideation piece and for the MVP piece in the previous episodes. Your first MVP is for those forward-thinking visionaries but then mm-hmm. how do you take those forward-thinking visionaries and make it more mass market to bring even more people and make the business sustainable, which I know obviously in your previous life, sort of doing the business models and accounting, you know, showing that how that works both in terms of a cost and growth of your company versus your, versus your incomes. Yeah, and people lose sight of that. You know, people do get hung up on the financial model and what's the revenue, what's the revenue. Well, in actual fact, you know, the revenue is a, is a function of number of customers and number of products you sell. So really, it's the market appetite, which is the driver, which, like, yeah, like you say, as, as an accountant, I've kind of put that to one side, really. The financial spreadsheet and that model is, is kind of at the end of it. I mean, I've always been kind of taken by a couple of things that Steve Jobs said about, you know, the reality dis- uh, reality distortion field, you know, ignore the naysayers. You, you have got to be bold and, and push uh, your vision and push out there, but you have to be realistic, you know, are the customers, are they going to pay for it, which is, you know, day five of that design sprint where we test it. It's, it is kind of not, it's not make or break, but it kind of does give you that chance to really reflect on what you've done internally. Uh, I remember, you know, when we come back on the following Monday and we've decamped the learnings on the Friday, there's always been a mixture of, wow, that was great in terms of new insights. But how often has that made us pivot? You know, we've we've gone in a different direction, added new feature sets and things which we just hadn't thought of, quite frankly. But you've got to be bold, you know, you've got to be confident, you've you've got to kind of stick to your... Your vision, I mean, you know, Jobs was quite a contrarian. You know, don't ask people for something that they don't know anything about was his 
his basically customer development strategy. You know, that innovation flair, that innovation drive you've got, you know, what can we do from a tech point of view that can do something that's not been done before? So you, you're still going to maintain that spirit. So there is that balance between building a business and, and innovation and, and the timing and the focus on that. But I guess that's what, you know, being an entrepreneur is all about, un- understanding the risks, being comfortable with the, the fuzziness, if you like, but as long as you've got a Kevin De Bruyne and an Alexa from a tech point of view on your team, you won't go far wrong. You've, you've definitely put him in your fantasy football team. And when he said, uh, boldly go, I was thought you were going to burst into Star Trek. I know you've got, you've also been watching uh, enough sci-fi on your uh, various streaming services. <laughs> but no, I think really the startup sprint is all about establishing that first cut and then allowing you to be bold, getting enough insights to go, do you know what, this is what people, this is what most people will probably want from my product. I understand where I want to be, but and being able to sort of deviate rather than necessarily completely pivot is important. But sometimes almost you have to do the design sprint and be willing if at the end, if you get very negative feedback, there's an element of being bold and an element of, do you know what, maybe this isn't as big a problem as I thought it was. But again, part of that might be that you look at the business model, you might have a great product, but people just won't pay for that, that particular thing. And yeah. I think it's almost that being bold and balancing the realism of running a startup and how that commercially will work is incredibly important. It was Catherine Johnson was the mathematician. Ah, uh, yes. Good, good recall. Was yeah, the, I, mem- I remember some of those, those, those Fridays, you know, in that early, those early design sprints we'd done. You know, we started off with a big challenge. We'd had some good energized sessions we've created some promising solution we pick the one that we've, we're going to go with build a realistic prototype and then when we're doing those interviews and watching the customer reaction the user reaction you know the, the test often made the entire sprint worthwhile because at the end of the day you know how far you've got to go and where further you've got to go and, and what you need to do next so yeah it, it is a nice combination i think there's there's a great quote if i can end on this one because i'm a bit of a nerd about the apollo missions but there's a great quote from Vernon von Braun, who was uh, chief architect of the Apollo Saturn V launch rocket, which I think, I mean, he, he was obviously the scientific genius, and, and you know, he, but he captured the spirit of adventure. And I think this kind of what you need to have at the start of a design sprint and the start of sprint and at the end of it, you know, von Braun said, you know, we can lick gravity but sometimes the paperwork is overwhelming. And it's a bit of a nonsense quote in some respects, but it just captures that kind of, You've got to have a sense of humour. You've got to be focused, but you've you kind of got to not take yourself too seriously in a startup as well. You know, big, bold ambition, go through a process, give it a go, and just keep going. So being sheer bloody mindedness as, as well as kind of, you know, living fear in terms of will this work, I'm not sure. I think that's what the design sprint tries to reduce the risk and give you that improved focus. But hey, at the end of the day, it's still a bet. I think every, every every startup will always be an element of a bet, and you know you got to use, put your best foot forward, and like I say, the design sprint, and then our iteration with the startup sprint really helps, or at least tries to help make sure that that first foot is quite a sound footing, and you know where you go, at least where you know to put the second foot step. Yeah, yeah. But no, thank you very much for your time today. I know you're yeah. in uh, in the uh, confines of North Wales at the moment. So I think next week we're talking all about architecture. So part of what we discussed here was obviously in the bit that we alluded to, but um, 
steered away from potentially was the technical part obviously is the um, non-tech part of TSF I think there's only a limited scope of what we can discuss about tech so next week obviously I think it'll be Alexa and Eric or maybe just Alexa uh, discussing about startup architecture how to look at your initial architecture making sure that it's scalable enough and has enough flexibility to be able to change be able to do whatever your product needs to be able to do so i think on that note i think we can close the fifth episode and still Lovely. look forward to it cool thank you very much Ian. bye-bye thanks for listening i think that just about wraps things up here if you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today get in touch whether that be through our twitter at real tsf or email at hello at startupfactory.tech or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.